my house is haunted. And it's and it really stinks. Yeah. It really stinks. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Guides the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her brother, William. And we are going to be talking about the demon of Brownsville Road this week. This is something that we both just found out about today. Uh-huh. And it ends up being a super rich and interesting topic. Absolutely. Um, it is such an odd tale that continues to this day yes. in some way, shape, or form. Right. The house where this all took place is now available as a bed and breakfast. Well, coming soon. Well, yes. I read an article from September which mm-hmm. said that it was coming soon. I tried to find it so I could book it. Yeah. Or just see how much it cost or something. Couldn't find it anywhere. Well, they have a website from that article that you yeah. go to and it just like is under construction. It just has some pictures of I it. I saw a bunch of pictures from the inside. It looks like it's ready, but yeah, yeah I guess I guess we'll still have to wait a little bit longer. Not ready for prime time. Also coming, a movie on this subject from New Line. I know. So we're really getting it on the ground floor. We most certainly are. So if you you want to get on the ground floor with us, just so you know, I want to mention you can follow us everywhere on social media at GTTUPod. And we also have a Patreon page at patreon.com slash GTTUPod, where we have monthly bonus episodes. And on top of those, monthly extras just sprinkled around. So if you go there right now and donate a minimum of $4 a month, there are a bunch of extras waiting for you there. And there will be a new episode uploaded on Friday where Will and I talk about Dr. Sleep. Yeah. We recorded it last night, and I think it's like one of the best episodes we've ever done. I, I really, really enjoyed myself. It was a really good conversation. Yes. Not only is it coming out on Friday, so does this episode you're listening to. If right. you're listening to this episode on the day of release, the Doctor's Sleep Conversation is out now yes. on the Netherworld Dispatch, so go get it. That's uh, right. Listen to this and that episode concurrently to hear mm-hmm. the synchronicities that happen when you play them side by side. Oh, man. <laughs> it's that like, push-pull. It's like Dark Side of the Moon and yeah. Wizard of Oz. If you play two episodes <laughs> that we've recorded... You'll go quite mad. Yeah, you're... Your ears will start bleeding. Right. You know, it'll be horrible. I can't <laughs> wait to hear about it. So, Will, take us away. Tell us about the story of the demon of Brownsville Road. Yeah. So, um, a lot of this information comes from Wikipedia. A lot of it is based on a book that was written about the events, written by one of the people who experienced the events, Bob Cramner or mm-hmm. something? Cranmer. I think it's Cramner, no? Cranmer. Okay, wow. Yeah. It's hard to say. Like cranberry and mermaid in that order. <laughs> Cranmer. Um, so uh, there was a family, the Cranmers, that moved into this house on Brownsville Road mm-hmm. uh, in Pittsburgh. Yep. And uh, they experienced odd phenomenon. It's going to make you think a lot about the Amityville horror to a certain extent, or maybe the conjuring. Mm-hmm. Family moves into a house, experiences odd phenomenon. Same basic thing that's happened endless times before, uh, but with its own eccentricities, mm-hmm. to be sure. So uh, something that I've done here is I've written a little bit about Bob. Okay. What about Bob? Right. Tell me. Because he's kind of the figure that this all revolves around or he's the way that we get a lot of our information about what occurred yeah and then i've got sort of a chronology of that parcel of land and house Mm -hmm. so um bob is a veteran of the army he also served as a republican county commissioner for his county in pennsylvania yeah from 1996 to 2000 um so by all accounts he should be a reputable person whenever i hear these stories i always end up thinking about uh, did somebody buy a house because they uh, want to uh, indulge in the infamy of it? Mm-hmm. Like the Watcher's House in New Jersey, which we've talked about a lot. Right. Do you buy that because you know you can flip it if there's a big bad ghost story? But this guy, 
you know, he he served and he was a politician right. that like won his seat. Mm-hmm. So you want to believe that that means that he's like credible. Exactly. And trustworthy. So here's some of the backstory. March 1792. A mother and her three young children are killed by Native Americans during the Northwest Indian War. It was, quote, an act of terror. Okay. Because the Native Americans were trying to prevent the pioneers from expanding further west. Okay. Okay. That's part one of the story. Okay. (laughs) The house is eventually built on that land where Mm -hmm. that mother and children were killed. Real quick, do we know that that's true? That there were like, is this fact? We know that that happened, or what? Here's here's what I'll say. I am presenting to you what is said. Perfect. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes total sense. There are and there are naysayers. Yeah. Who say that Native Americans <laughs> certainly didn't want people to continue to take their land? Yeah. And were you know trying to retaliate and stuff? Right. But is it an act of an act of terror exactly. when you're encroaching on somebody? Whatever. I think of like the the you know acts of terrorism. Uh. Uh. Whatever. I don't want to. I know. I know. I don't want to get political. I know. But, but like, like when you think about that specifically, that use of language. Yes. It's very early 2000s. There's also something else in this that I feel that way about, that there was like a very um, like conservative bent yeah. to this storytelling. Yeah, I've got some more of that later as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so, okay. The house is finally built at the beginning of the 20th century, around the year 1910. Um, it would be eventually designated a historical landmark because of the way this house is built. It's so old, I guess it was built in a particular style called the craftsman style, or maybe it was one of those things you order out of a catalog and okay. it was like like a Binford tool yeah. house. Or, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Either way, it's so old that it's a <laughs> historical landmark is the point. Uh, let's fast forward. I'm going to strategically jump now okay. 78 years. All right, time jump. Yes, big Whoa. time jump. A bunch of stuff happens that I will explain, but okay. let's now jump. Sure. The land existed. There were murders there. Eventually a house was built on that land and eventually the Cranmers move in. This is like a movie. Like that was the preface. Now we're slammed yes. into the Cranmers moving yes. in where our story really begins. Exactly. No doubt affected by what we just watched. I'm not, heard about. I won't tell just yet. I'll never tell. I'll never tell. Well, actually, I will, but not yet. <laughs> if you guys know what that is from, please reach out to us at GTTU Pod all over social media. Uh, I also think that we've done that before. We definitely have. This, that thing. I mean, we know what it's from, but we'll never tell. We'll never tell. So December 1988, Bob and Leza, or Lisa? I know, or, I don't know. Yeah, L-E-S-A. The Cranmers. Mm-hmm. Move into the house with their four children. Here's a quote from Wikipedia. All, all I know at this point is they moved into this house. Here's what Wikipedia immediately follows with. Yeah. Uh, they bought the house upon being transferred to Pittsburgh by his employer. Bob states that the house was his dream to own and it, that it mysteriously went up for sale the same week that they began looking for a house to buy. My God. As a young child, he would often stand and stare at the house, hoping that someday he could see the inside. And I was like, well, wait, they were transferred to Pittsburgh, so they bought the house, but he stood and there as a been, child? Yeah. It's like, it, was he a little boy who got transferred to a new I mean, job did he, gro- did he grow up in Pittsburgh, and then he <laughs> went away and came back? The answer is yes. Okay. But they didn't establish that, so they started talking about how he moved there as an adult, <laughs> but he has wanted it since he was a kid. I'm like, well, 
you need to say that he lived there. Right. So eventually they explain it. But <laughs> this whatever. Wikipedia page wasn't perfectly written. I know. I know it's nitpicky, but Wikipedia weirdness always is fun to yeah, me. When yeah. you read something on Wikipedia and you just go like, Wait, what? What and who is that? They when, didn't tell me who that is. When, where, and who did this happen to? I know, I know. What is going on? I know. Anyway, Bob says that when they were trying to buy the house, the sellers seemed anxious to move out. So anxious were they that Bob initially gave them a very low ball offer. Mm -hmm. And rather than negotiate, rather than try to get the price back up to what the house really is worth, they took his offer. Why would they do that? Here are the keys, Bob. Why don't they mind? It's almost like they want to get out. Want the keys, Bob? (laughs) Jingling the keys in front of him like he's a baby. (laughs) During a walkthrough of the house, Bobby Jr., wandered off into the basement and started to cry. It was as if he had seen a ghost. (laughs) Uh, Lessa uh, would also go on to say that the house seemed... It's probably Lisa, right? I know, but why is it L-E-S-A? I've never seen that. I haven't either, but... I'll just call her Lisa. Yeah, it's Why why bother to assume that her name has a different pronunciation and try? Screw it, you're Lisa now. I think it probably is. I guess, I don't know. She said that the house is too big and then it gives her the creeps. Mm -hmm. Bob ignores this. Uh, He asks the sellers if there's anything wrong with the house. Here's a quote. Understanding exactly what he was referring to, the seller assured him that the house was fine and that Catholic mass was conducted several times in the living room of the house. Yeah, just like a normal house that has nothing wrong with it. It's a totally normal place. (laughs) We've had Catholic mass here like a bunch of times. Constantly. It's all good. Yeah, we're constantly trying to have mass here. Um, I'm not usually trying to have mass in the living room. Yeah, I'm not trying to have mass right now. (laughs) Bob thought this was an odd response, but took it with the reassurance that had been implied. Later, the next spring, Bob discovered a small metal box buried in the front yard containing Catholic religious items. He called the previous owner who assured him that, quote, the house is fine. (laughs) That's totally normal. That just shows you how normal it is. Just like all the masses we have, that's just like another indicator of how fine the house is. So enjoy it. You enjoy it. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. It's great. It's great. It's great. You got you to steal. The deal oh, of the year. Oh, you found it? You, you win. You win, Bob. You win. That's good. That's normal. Now, please, lose my phone number. Yeah. <laughs> the, the former owner says, just put it back where you found it. <laughs> you got to make sure that this like blessing is stored under the lawn. Wouldn't you die? Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> like, okay, that's great. Oh, you found it. Okay, cool. Just put it back where you found it. Right. And everything's fine. That is, that is pretty frightening. Yeah. I will say, so Allie and I bought this house last year and I, I have, you know, we talked about it on the show mm-hmm. a little bit. I tried to look up, have people died here yeah. or whatever. We seem to be the third people to ever own the house. It was built in 1920. It's almost 100 years old. Mm-hmm. So I keep hoping that there's some oddity here, yeah. you know? There is a very high cabinet on the main floor in the bathroom mm-hmm. that we can't get up to without like a stepladder. Okay. And so we haven't really had need for it, whatever, but I was curious the other day. So I uh, opened the, the cabinet door and then used my phone camera to look inside. Yeah. There was a black garbage bag in there. Oh. And it looks like it has stuff in it. Really? Yeah, and I didn't I forgot about it. <laughs> so I don't Are you gonna are you gonna look in it? Yeah. Let's let's do it after the show. Do it after the show, okay. Yeah. It might be anticlimactic. For all I know, it, it, it totally was there when people be. when like they I were know. taking care of the house to get ready to sell it. Maybe Allie and I did do something last year that mm. we were gonna do up there and, and forgot. I don't know. All I know is that I saw on the camera, I was like, 
oh, there's like a rumpled bag up there. <laughs> what? You were like, Dear David. I think he did that at one point. Oh my God, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Dear David. Yeah. Where have you been? <laughs> In possibly, that bag. Possibly on TV. Oh, no, definitely on TV. Really? Yes. Starting on December 20th, um, Adam Ellis of the Dear David thing, that's the guy who wrote it. it I, I find this very confusing. He's going to have a show. I can't remember the name of it, but where he goes to people who are experiencing hauntings and like investigates them and also tries to like help them through the ordeal of dealing with a haunting, which seems to imply almost. So because it, he's been through it. Right. And it's so clearly fiction. No. To, I know. But it's not. <laughs> it's crazy to me. I, I think it's going off of almost like a catfish model, like where the guy wrote the movie oh, cat, or right. did the movie Catfish and they had a TV show off of it. It feels like Catfish the Haunting to me. Yeah. Maybe. I, hey, uh, whatever. Maybe it'll be fun. Oh, I'll be there lickety split. I know it. But I'm just saying it's strange to me because I thought it was just so clearly. I mean, I know it's presented like it's real, but right. it just seems so obviously fiction. And he dropped like a hot potato. He hasn't talked about Dear David in years. It's so it's, it's, it's almost the equivalent of whoever created Marmaduke <laughs> then going on to have a reality show where he helps people with their troublesome pets. Kind it's of. like, well, you drew a dog. You didn't. Right. You didn't. You didn't do anything. <laughs> You're not a dog trainer. Okay. What? You're whatever. not Caesar Milano or yeah. whatever. Milan. Caesar Milano's. Milano's the cookies. Yum, yum, yum. Yum, yum. Um, so anyway. The Cranmers go on to experience a bunch of oddities, little odd experiences. There's a light in the coat closet mm -hmm. whose cord, like the pull cord, continually wraps around the bulb. Okay. It does not hang down, and that doesn't really make sense. Mm -hmm. They find icky goo on the floor. Yeah. And on a TV show that you suggested I watch, Paranormal Witness True Terror. Yeah. Did you watch it? I did. Nice. They, um, didn't, say, they didn't pronounce the lady's name on that show? I don't remember. <laughs> I was I was gonna ask you about that. Like, didn't you watch that show? They must have said her name, and then I figured you must not have watched it. I did, and yet I still don't know okay. somehow. Okay, that's fine. Go I, ahead. It's almost as if maybe a demon, maybe a demon prevented <laughs> me from being true? able to remember. <laughs> I watched it really closely. <laughs> so anyway, there's icky yellow goo on the floor, mm -hmm. and one of the sons, now grown up, describes it as having been like jello that hasn't completely hardened, Ugh. just stuck yeah. on the floor. Viscous. Um, there, the house is just kind of old and obviously has a lot of like history and strangeness to it. There's a big furnace mm -hmm. in the cellar, um, and then at one point, their son uh, gets terrified. He sees some strange man wearing circular glasses. Oh. Mm. Spooky. Yowie. Spooky, spooky. Um, all right. Here, here's some things that happened. There's a, a guy, Father Ron, mm -hmm. starts calling Bob Cranmer and being like, Bob, I need you to go to the top of the stairs and turn left. What? There's a room on the left there. Uh, do, you, do you know what I'm talking about? And he's like, yes. How, how can you possibly know about this house? Father Ron just all of a sudden is like some sort of a um, uh, a bystander. What's mm -hmm. it called? Like a good Samaritan. Okay. Calling in to try to help the Cranmers deal with their situation out of the blue. It's odd. Yep. And everything he says about the house is correct. Everything he says about the house is true. Hmm. Uh, and he says about this room on the left, evil things have happened in that room. Involving a tremendous amount of blood. Oh. So Bob starts to do research into the history of the house. Paranormal Witness pairs up Bob's investigation 
into the house's history with Lisa doing laundry in the basement. They play it as if like these... Like cut between? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. They play it as if these two things are literally happening at the same time. Yeah. Which I was watching and being like, no, they didn't. <laughs> I just don't believe you. Lisa goes into the basement to do laundry, and she says that while she's down there, she smells birthing fluid. Ew, okay. That's what she said. All right. As Bob is upstairs researching the house and discovers that during that mysterious gap I left between mm-hmm. 1910 and 1988, yeah. there was a doctor mm. who lived in that house and was known for doing illegal abortions. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was, he was Kristen, he was killing babies. Oh. So then Father Ron calls again, or Bob calls Father Ron. <laughs> Who knows? They're on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> Father Ron. Look, he gets Father Ron on the horn either way. They're able to chat. And Father Ron says to look for a void in the house. Is there a room that's not on the floor plan in the house, Ooh. Bob? Is there a place that's inaccessible? What's with Father Bob? Ron? Mm. Well, this immediately pings in Bob Cranmer's head that, yes, I think there is something up with the house yeah that coat closet where the cord just wraps around the light and doesn't dangle down Mm -hmm. he goes to that coat closet and demolishes the back wall finding badass a a hidden space a void he finds in there something that we might be familiar with oh he finds a A bird skeleton oh oh Mm. okay finds a bird skeleton and a piece of paper a piece of paper featuring the image of the horned demon, Moloch. I love that name. M-O-L-E-C-H is mm-hmm. how it's described on the show. Though I'm familiar with Moloch from elsewhere. Oh. Which I will explain later. <laughs> all in all in due time. M-O-L-O-C-H. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh here's what uh here's what he says, Bob. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he has this piece of paper with Moloch. Right drawn on it he says they offered up their children and those who had no children would buy little ones from poor people and cut their throats as if they were young birds he goes like there was something written on it from the old testament and then he reads that and then he goes it reminded me of something and then i realized it was from the old testament okay (laughs) (laughs) all right (laughs) it reminded you of what it is yeah and it turns out that it is from the old testament it's from the the canaanites Mm -hmm. i don't know anything about the the whatever okay Uh, and they worshiped moloch there was a statue to moloch once this is i guess described in the bible he was made out of metal and there's a big fireplace at the base of it where they would do sacrifices of children and babies so bob decides now that the doctor mm-hmm. who had lived there worshipped M- Moloch. Wow. And was doing those abortions not because people were in danger or, you know, like, like needed them. Needed them. He was doing them to sacrifice those children, and the bodies were definitely burned in that old furnace in the basement. Okay. All of that is now a fact. Yes. And now the goo that they found is associated with giving birth. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Then, then they hear a screaming from their son upstairs and they run up and the walls he's are- He's giving birth. You see, <laughs> the walls are dripping blood. Mm-hmm. It is around this time that Lisa starts to have uh, mental issues. She starts writing on the walls. She says this herself on a mm-hmm. uh, false witness or whatever. Paranormal witness. Paranormal witness. <laughs> she starts scrawling, this is our house all over the walls. According to Wikipedia, she and two of their children experienced serious mental issues which would require hospitalization. Real quick, was this all happening in one afternoon, you're saying? Like, 
He broke down that wall in the closet and right. found the Moloch painting. Right. Then blood was dripping from his sons. Is this all like in the same day? Sure. And then she starts writing on the walls? Yeah, like- <laughs> yeah definitely. No, this is, I think, over the course of like years. Okay. Like months and years. Okay. Like this is, yeah. Um, in uh, 2003, their oldest son attacked Bob. And there were arrests made. All charges were eventually dropped. Mm-hmm. It seems like there was like unhappiness in, yeah. in the house that is genuinely documented. Mm-hmm. Um, Bob's elderly aunt had been living with them, and she was found dead in her bed of natural causes. That's listed on the ghost website as if that's tied to Moloch. Um, oh boy. Yeah. It says that some paranormal researchers from Penn State got involved. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know the researchers. Do you? I sure do. Hmm. Ryan Buell. From paranormal, uh, paranormal pa- state. Paranormal state. <laughs> Wait, you know what? Did what? you say? Did you say researchers from paranormal state, or did you say Penn State? Oh, I don't just know. Now? I'm not sure. They are from Penn State, but there's a very good chance I might have said paranormal state. <laughs> if you said paranormal state, my my reaction is so stupid. Researchers I, from paranormal state university. I heard. <laughs> I heard you say that, and I thought you were saying like the real college, and you were being like coy, like some researchers from. Penn State came and I was been like, oh, I know who, but you literally said. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know what I said, to be quite honest. You probably did. I spent so much time today. Yeah. I was like ripping my hair out, trying to find the episode, which doesn't exist, of Paranormal State where they go to this house. Oh. Because there were these references to the Paranormal State team coming and yes. researching the house. So I just assumed that meant, oh, they on did the an show. Episode. No. It was before they had a show. It was yes. in 2015, and the show started in 2017. So I was like going through their Wikipedia. Uh, excuse me. Sorry, sorry, sorry. 2005? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, I was going to say, it started in t- 2017. No, no, that doesn't no. seem possible. No, it's not. Sorry. Okay. Um, so I was going through their episode listings, like yeah. trying to read between the lines. Like anything that says Pennsylvania, I was Googling that title and looking into it more because right. I so wanted it to be a thing and it wasn't. Yeah. But yeah, they no. did go and investigate it. Yes. Yeah. I was I was kind of impressed, mm-hmm. honestly, that like I didn't know anything about the show Paranormal State or who oh, those I people sure were. I know. You and I used to I watched <laughs> yeah. that. A lot with you. Yes. Um, I think in my head, I've kind of combined that show with Zach Bagans because it's a mm-hmm. similar vibe. Yeah. But like they had a, a psychic named Chip Coffee who had a pet pig or something. Sure. I don't know about the pet pig. Didn't he? Or maybe he talked to a pig once. <laughs> or maybe I was looking no. at a picture of a pig while the show was on and I combined them. You could be right, but I don't remember that. Anyway, um, I remember that show and I was really actually kind of impressed from the Wikipedia article that it was like, yeah, paranormal investigators mm-hmm. from Pennsylvania State University yeah. w- who went to this house, the, the Cranmer house, mm-hmm. to try to investigate the demon Moloch yeah. uh, and all these ghosts or whatever, and then went on to have their own show. Right. I, I actually was kind of impressed. I was like, oh, they've been doing that for a while. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I guess I assumed that these paranormal shows are assembled in a lab. I mean, I like probably, putting I together think, a boy band. You like, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. I think some of them are, but but some of them aren't. And they were an existing team who, like, yeah. it was all students from Penn State who put that thing together. That's interesting. And then got in touch with you know some older psychics, Chip Coffee and Michelle Belanger. Whoa. Um, they also did a lot of work with Lorraine Warren, and then it's a whole thing. But Ryan, who's like the head of that, 
ended up getting arrested for yeah. fraud and had a lot of like addiction issues. And I've checked up on him recently. Yeah. And he's clean and doing better. Oh, good. I'm very glad to hear that. Yeah. I read his Wikipedia a little bit today. Yeah. And it was like he was sort of like conning people for a while. Yeah. It seemed like he was just stealing money. He was putting together paranormal conventions and then canceling them and not refunding them. Right. But right, he was right, right. in the major throes of addiction. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm and glad he's doing illness. better. Yeah. Um, all right. So, okay. So Father Ron uh, is now showing up to expel this demon entity. Um, so they do like an exorcism. Uh, paranormal witness shows them in the basement fighting a, <laughs> a demon. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. Naturally. Yeah. Evidently in the book that Bob Cranmer would go on to write about this, um, he says that the the movie The Passion of the Christ from director Mel Gibson played a significant role yes. in cleansing the house. But whatever, they do a fairly by-the-book exorcism mm-hmm. where it is very much like the power of Christ compels you. Yeah. Like it's everything you've heard from the exorcist. And it just works. Right. It's just it's does a trick. Run of the mill. It's it's like a plumber being like, Well, we'll try the snake first. Yeah. And if that doesn't work, we'll try this. It's like, oh, just do these steps and it'll just happen. It'll be fine. This is your workhorse exorcism. This yes. gets it done ninety percent of the time. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, so uh finally the house has been cleansed and Bob Cranmer they is so weird. They do this talking head thing where he goes like couldn't believe it. The house was completely cleansed. But then I was thinking more and more about Father Ron. How did he know how to do this? How did he know so much what? about my house? I was like, oh, we're going to get some oh, awesome okay. reveal about Father Ron. Yeah. So they show that Bob Cranmer goes to visit Father Ron. And they do a d- dramatic you know, mm-hmm. reenactment. And uh, they have actor Bob going like, how did you know? How could you figure this all out, Father? You priest? And then the the priest actor goes, hmm, I had a little help. From upstairs? No, they cut to okay. real Father Ron who goes, I have a friend who uh, knew a lot about the house and could tell me a lot about it. Oh, like, okay. Okay, that's what a mundane. <laughs> it's a little anticlimactic. But... Although, although, you know what, I'm, I, I said that really because it's primarily funny. Yeah. It still is the same. It still is like, yeah, that this I guy... had a little help from a friend. Mm-hmm. And then they cut to the real guy going, yeah, no, I've got a friend who... Um, <laughs> Uh, I consider her a mystic, and she could sense a lot of things about the the house. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, "Oh, cool! So what? What's a what? So Father Ron, Catholic priest guy, you have a friend who you consider a mystic who mm-hmm. knew a lot about the house. I can't wait to hear more about that. Period. End of sentence. They just move on. Oh, that's the explanation." For how Father Ron knew. It's like that opens up a whole new door. Doesn't it? Yeah, and they, absolutely. They don't touch on, they act like saying, yeah, I have a friend who's a psychic. Yeah. Is a sufficient explanation that does not beg any more questioning. It's disappointing. It's so disappointing. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> um, he also, Father Ron goes like, um, you know, yes, the house is clean. Um, I But you know what? I think that there could still be more happening. I think there could still be more happening. Mm. Um Oh, leave that spooky door open. Except in 2018, Bob Cranmer in an interview goes like, no, the house is totally clean. We're going to make it an Airbnb or whatever. <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh, okay. Just burst every bubble. Totally. Just burst every bubble we got. Um, Last thing really is about this article from the Post-Gazette mm-hmm. uh, where Bob Cranmer talks about opening the, the house as a bed and breakfast, which is now going to be called the Brownsville Roadhouse. Yeah. 
um, in the house. It's all decorated to look kind of Civil War era. Mm-hmm. He's got a bunch of antiques in there. It looks kind of interesting. Yeah. And evidently the the doctor's office where he did all those uh, abortions to feed Moloch. Right. Um, they've got jars of formaldehyde mm-hmm. on the mantle and a portrait of a woman. Right. Because that represents the woman in white who died from a botched abortion. And Bob Cranmer said, I saw the ghost. When I stopped in an antique shop and saw the painting, I said, this is her. (laughs) So he put the painting in the blue room. So odd. So it's, I can't, he's like, I don't want people coming in with a Ouija board and stirring everything up again. Exactly. But then he's also got jars of formaldehyde. And he says that that woman in the painting is a ghost. (laughs) So I guess I read a different article than you about, them turning it into a bed and breakfast because that wasn't in the one that I read. Okay. And But I had the same takeaway where he was like, it's not haunted anymore. Um, anybody can stay here except for ghost hunters and psychics because right. we worked so hard to clear it out of here. I had to watch Apocalypto, I can't tell you how many times, or whatever it was, Passion of the Christ. And we finally got it out of there and he doesn't want to bring that element back in. But we have a room totally dedicated to that. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's like a theme loosely room, basically themed. it right. has the book in there that people can read because his book is called the demon of brownsville road or whatever right. um and the house isn't it does look cool from the pictures at i think it's brownsvillerodhouse.com um it does look cool but the weird thing is it sounds like it's all over the place so it's not just like one era the hallway is world war ii themed oh then there's a room that has a 1950s tv and a computer next to it then there's the room that's themed as like what we just said and then there's a room with modern decor and a nautical theme oh okay so i guess you just i guess you just wanted to have different rooms that have different styles yeah i guess so but it's odd it is odd you know and in the article that i read which there will be a link in the show notes um he says that you know they got the ghost cleared out and everything they're making the bed and breakfast and then he realized that the popularity of this thing isn't dying down anytime soon so you may as well shop it to some movie houses i mean i don't know he's very like Yes, but no. Right, yes, of course. About it, which is very weird. And there are some people out there who are very uh, no, no, no about it. Right. So there is a lot of criticism and backlash about everything that Will just said, that Bob Cranmer says in the book and has been on TV and talking about it. And the thing is that I think is a little bit different about this story than some others, that he's talking about semi-recent history, like there are a lot of ghost stories where you can be like, oh, yeah, back in the 1800s, people lived here and those people are haunting it. Right. He's talking about people like, <laughs> you know, sacrificing babies to Satan who lived here, he's saying, in the 1940s or whatever. Yeah. So they have living relatives who are calling BS on the story. Yeah. So first of all, we touched on a little bit just like the way that he's telling the story is a little bit like judgy and like crappy and not cool so i haven't i haven't thought about these in the context of a scary thing in a while but the way that they were talking about a doctor performing illegal abortions like that's so inherently like that's a scary thing that's like an evil thing yeah he's only trying to like yeah like that he's (laughs) 
<laughs> like it it could, and it, I'm not saying like I know there are situations where it has not been, you know, of good course. or whatever, and it could be really, really dangerous. Yeah. But on its face, just being like this, just saying that, you don't need to say anymore. Yeah, exactly. Like, you hear that a doctor it's the equivalent of, of a serial killer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like not the case necessarily. Right. Like women needed access to abortion. Yeah. I don't know if this is with this dude's deal, but I'm just saying like well, I did Just read a little bit. Just using that as shorthand right. is like meh. I did find a Reddit thread that maybe I'll link as well where somebody was pointing out that like of the era when this would have been happening, there were things called Comstock laws, mm -hmm. which were um, essentially banning any material that was deemed to be dangerous. Yeah. And a lot of that included stuff about like, um, uh, uh, you know, contraception mm -hmm. and abortion. So right. like everything was like, don't talk about that. Mm -hmm. Don't tell people how to do that. Don't tell people how to be safe. Don't be so like right. it was necessary to do a quote unquote illegal abortion because right. people were getting themselves in all kinds of medical safety, uh, all kinds of trouble. Exactly. So like there are there are various re there are a multitude of reasons like that are like financial, that are medical, that are you know I don't know whatever. anything. Exactly. But just, yeah, I just thought it was interesting reading this about how like. It wasn't a story. Well, I guess it kind of was about how he was, he was sacrificing them to Moloch or yeah. whatever. But just anyway, I made my point already. It's not on its face. Like, yes. oh, right. you know what I mean? But he presents it that way. Um, so let me see. OK, so there is an article in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette from 2014 where members of the three families who lived in that house before the Cranmers did are calling BS. So he says in his book that he has firsthand accounts of these families experiencing paranormal activity as well. Hmm. And the people in this article are saying that um, he heard that from their, or he says he heard that from their parents who have since passed. So they're not totally sure that he's telling the truth even because his, their parents aren't there to verify his story or refute it. And he says, well, you weren't there when they told me. So, you know, they did and you might not be right. Well, just to play devil's advocate, sure. that could be true. It certainly could be true. Yeah. But it seemed, you know, they're just saying this was never a thing. Yeah. I don't really know what he's talking about. And this guy seems like a character to me from what I gathered. He seems like an odd duck. Okay. So um, I'm I, I'm inclined to be a little bit doubtful of him. <laughs> what, 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 in what way? Well, first of all, this story is bonkers. What? There's goo on the floor. Yeah, there's goo on the floor. Yeah. The walls are bleeding. There's Moloch. I do have a little bias against him because I don't like this whole anti-abortion thing. That I know. Doing. Well, that's really the big thing. I, that's yeah. that's the yes, mm -hmm. and I understand that. So I'm already side-eyeing him as a kook. I understand that, but like and playing the Passion of the Christ for six months on a loop to cleanse the house. <laughs> this is very weird. Yeah, that's very weird. But but like you know, we often celebrate people who say they've experienced stuff like this. Otherwise, yeah, I do, but I don't trust this guy. Okay. <laughs> There are other people who I'm like, oh, benefit of the doubt. And more I read about Bob Cran Cranmer, yeah. I was like, I don't know about this Bob. I also read that he punched his son in the face. <laughs> That's not great. It's not great. I don't know what happened. Yeah, I know. But I don't it's know not the context, great. but it doesn't sound great. No. Um, so, yeah, so these families were interviewed in this article. 
There's a woman named Karen Dwyer who lived in the house with her mom and her grandparents for seven years, along with her brother. And she said she never experienced anything crazier than there being squirrels in the wall. Oh, okay. That she heard them scuttering. <laughs> I can't heard them. I can't heard no scuttering. Um, this is a quote from her from the article. My mother never said anything about the house being haunted. And his mother would be who Cram- Cranmer was saying told him that it was. So she's saying, my mother never said anything about the house being haunted. My grandmother never said anything about the house being haunted. And my grandfather never said anything about the house being haunted. If he wants to go and write it from 1988 and go forward, do it. I don't care. But if you want to lie about other people and things that happened before that, well, no, that's not right. Interesting. Um, her brother, Ken, and Ult- Uncle Walter also said they never experienced anything in the house. And Walter points out that in his book, Cranmer said that his sister, so the mom, um, told him that their family dog could sense when there was a spirit around. And the dog was kind of following it from room to room. But he says they never had a family dog. Oh. So it's just like total bunk. Um, the people who bought it from them, from that family, the Joyces, said that they never experienced anything either. And so they're just like, what is this guy talking about? I don't understand where he's pulling it from. But Cranmer says that the Joyces hated the Wagners, who I was just talking about, okay. for selling them the haunted house. He says, and this is a quote from Wikipedia, People are always concerned that they can be held legally liable if they do not reveal to buyers problems of a spiritual nature with a house, which I discovered is not the case in Pennsylvania. Their reactions are obviously intended to cover up the deception used in selling the house, both in 1979 and 1988. The house was not officially sold in 1941 by the original owners, but was purchased via a sheriff's sale. The house sat empty then for an extended period and became known as the haunted house by the local children who ventured into it. Hmm. So why would, I don't know. I feel like there's some mixed messaging there. He's saying they hated each other kind of, and yet they are somehow banding together and both like locking down on a story of this not being haunted to be able to cover up the fact that they shouldn't have sold it to people as being a haunted house. Why wouldn't they, you know, yeah, I, what do they care about the other person? I'm trying to, all right. So if you're going to do the mental backflips to turn Mm -hmm. this into a plausible thing, right. Family one sells the house to family two. Mm -hmm. Doesn't say that it's haunted. Right. Family two experiences haunting stuff. I was like, Oh my God, what did you do to me? And they're like, listen, I'm sorry. I had to sell the house to you. Mm -hmm. I had to do whatever I could just to get rid of it. Yeah. You should do the same thing to somebody else. I guess so. And so that way there is some sort of indoctrination. Yeah. Like we're just going to lock it down, say that we, we didn't, we didn't know it was haunted. And that's the story we're both sticking to because I guess it would weaken the story if either one of them right. says that it is, is haunted. Now, so that's true. But shouldn't they have come forward to um to Bob Cranmer and been like, listen, you're now the third to enter into our pact. Our pact. Mm-hmm. Um keep this on the DL. Right. Sell this to some fourth chump. Right. Did they ever make him any such offer? I don't know. It doesn't seem like it. Then it seems unlikely that mm-hmm. that's the scheme that they're running. Probably <laughs> probably not. And again, if he says that they hated each other, right. that doesn't suggest an in cahootsness. Yes. So, I don't know. See, I don't know about this Cranmer. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> He's got a cool haunted house and he needs it to... Yeah. Quite frankly, I don't think it even matters. I think most people aren't going to care about any of this controversy that you're no. going to talk about. No, they're no, just no. going to go, it's a cool spooky house. Yeah, absolutely. Can I stay in the nautical room? Yeah. <laughs> The nautical room. It's just so weird. It's weird. Um, so now let's get to the story about what he calls in his book, I guess, Dr. M performing those illegal abortions. That story comes purely from the visions of that medium 
who was friends with the priest. Oh. There is no other evidence for that or anything. It's just that that, that uh, medium had that idea, and then that became law, basically. Her name was Connie Valenti, and she divined that happened, and she also said that the doctor and his wife were kind of messes, big drinkers, and that the doctor wasn't a good doctor oh. overall. So the thing is, there was a doctor who lived there with his family at one point, and you can find it. I'm not going to use their real last name just because, yeah. like, why further besmirch them? Yeah, sure. But you can you can find it. I mean, they they were interviewed for this article. But so there was a doctor who lived there at one point, and his family members say that the stories about the legal uh, the illegal abortions just aren't true, and actually the timeline doesn't really add up anyway, which you could say is kind of like nitpicky and not the point, but. It's just it's a further yeah. There's more unraveling in his story. There exactly. are a lot of I'm threads The motion of unraveling. Yeah. yeah. Um, the book says that he performed them there in the 20s and 30s, but the doctor's grandson says that the doctor actually moved there like in the mid 1940s. Mm. So just like not quite right. However, weirdly, somewhat weirdly, a granddaughter of that doctor reached out and contacted Cranmer after she read the book and said that although she had never heard anything about these operations, that her grandfather did have, quote, an evil demeanor and had thrown shoes at her. No. I wouldn't like that. I wouldn't want to have a shoe thrown at me. I don't want that from my grandpappy, from my poppy. So... Cranmer did not like this pushback. No. He's not liking people saying that he's full of beans. And so he offered to pay for a lie detector test for himself as long as these adult children of the previous owners would do it too. Oh. And I don't think that happened. Oh, that would be awesome. They were probably just like, no, what? <laughs> like, oh. Leave me alone. I got the vibe from this article that they're just kind of like, they don't even want to be bothered by it, basically. They're just like, what the hell? It doesn't seem... It seems like there might be a one-sided battle a little bit where he's like, how dare you? And they're just like, I just don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, we, we're just saying Yeah, you're making stuff up. I don't really care otherwise. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't think that they're that interested in yeah. it. And um, part of why I think that is that he read that article in the Gazette in 2014, and then he responded to them. He gave them a comment that they published three days later in an uh, letters to the editor section, I think. He said, any author should relish an article about their book by a major newspaper, positive or negative. However, the recent coverage of my book was over the top. The front page Sunday article clearly sought to discredit the story, its basis in Christian faith, and its controversial topics. I've dealt with the press enough to know that when an article is to have a slant, nothing one says can change it. I spent almost two hours on the phone with the reporter, successfully addressing every objection, yet only a few brief comments from me were published. Once I determined that the reporter's intent was negative, I simply braced myself. But if it prompts more reading of the book, so much the better. He also said that like, for people that try to book the, the B&B, mm-hmm. um, if you want to know about the haunted history or whatever, guess what? I'm not going to tell it to you. You'll have to read the book. Oh, my God. I'm like, aha. It's all, you know. It's vertical integration. You can live in the subject of the book. You know what I mean? But it's so, it it doesn't make sense to me. Like, it'd be better vertical integration if you were, like, why make that room, like, a demon of Brownsville room, but be like, but we don't allow ghost hunters here. Is it a wink, wink thing? And kind of like, you know, trying to draw people there because they're not supposed to do it. But that's just lame. Well, yeah. It's just, I, I don't see why that would work any better than just straight up being like, 
yeah, this is the Brownsville house. Even if you don't lean into it super duper hard and you do just have it decorated in all... It is all antique furniture, but it's from different eras. Maybe not in that modern nautical room. I'm not sure. Yeah. But um, you can have it look however you want. You can brand it however you want. Like the website isn't spooky or anything like that. But it's just so weird. And maybe it's just a throwaway thing that I'm latching on to too much. Maybe it's just a thing he said in the article. But it's weird to specify, like, this is not for ghost hunting. Ghost hunters are, aren't welcome. Right. Like, well, here's here's what it is, because I think even the people who own the Watcher House are like, we own the Watcher House, mm-hmm. and we're not happy about it. Right. So it, it always has to have that vibe, right? Because if you owned a haunted house, yeah. that would not be something that you should enjoy. Mm-hmm. So he has to. Mm-hmm. He has no option but to be like, my house is haunted, and, it's, and it really stinks. Yeah. It really stinks. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> get a lot of bad attention, but uh, you can buy a room if you want. Yeah, I hate all the attention. But I hate that. <laughs> I hate all this attention I'm getting. <laughs> Look at all this attention I'm getting. I hate it. This is all about little old me. I'm so tired of it. Ooh, get away from me. <laughs> <laughs> Back off with all that money and attention. Seems like a... Selling the rights to New Line Cinema. Yeah, and, right. He was yeah. like, I realized that, well, the he just... It's like he wants to prove that it's real, maybe by saying he's not trying right. to lean into all this publicity. Correct. He didn't do this for publicity. So it's just so silly to me, though. Like, I realize it wasn't dying down, so I may as well shop a movie. Yeah. Like, come on, dude. I know. It's true. Yeah. And it's amazing that that works, mm-hmm. you know? I guess. Like, I mean, it's a good story. It's entertaining. I don't know that it... I don't think it doesn't work in this case. I don't think that that's generally a tactic that i would say works right. but i think that this story is interesting enough that it's like even though this guy's a weirdo like that doesn't really matter for yeah a new line you know what i mean it's so like yeah we'll do the movie yeah we'll exactly i don't care like yeah. we could market this movie and mm-hmm. you know maybe make it for five million and get 20 million mm-hmm. sure yeah it's okay. sweet um yeah I, I don't know i i think it's complicated mm-hmm. right like what is the bare minimum you have to do to make that your reality? That you're like, my house is haunted, yeah, and now it's just now it's got a Wikipedia article. Now people talk about it online. Now Paranormal Witness is doing an episode. Mm-hmm. What is the bare minimum you have to do? What do you What do you mean? Uh, what I mean is, let's say that this house had zero paranormal activity mm-hmm. before 1988 when the Cranmers moved in. Mm-hmm. Is this something? Is this a um? Is this a reputation they had to build up over the course of two decades? Um, how long does it take for your fake haunted house oh, okay. to be known saying. as a real haunted house? I don't know because, well, first of all, he said that, you know, that there were kids who would talk about this being a haunted house during the period that it was abandoned. So maybe the seed is kind of planted there that this is like a creepy house or something. Right. And maybe he happened to move into it and he was like, let's punch it up a little bit. Maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, if he this did... is already kind of like a known legend house in the area. Sure. I don't think it was like in a huge way, but just like, like kids playing around. Maybe he was one of those kids who played around in there. Well, He's he like, did now say... I live in that house. Right. right. He did say that he wanted the house ever since he was a kid. Exactly. And he kind of got it. Yeah. And now he's going to do whatever he wants with it in, mm-hmm. in, in some sense. Yeah. So maybe it's like I got that house on Brownsville Road or whatever. And it's yeah. like, you know, we could make this a haunted story and or who knows like maybe they do believe it's haunted and because it sounds like this family had a lot of turmoil and maybe they've attributed that to a haunting or something like that i really don't know i I don't i don't know there was something that i read as well where he was like it never occurred to me that the psychological trauma people were suffering in the house could be tied to a paranormal 
event mm-hmm. or something like that. Like he's like, I don't like to think that way. I never would have thought that, mm-hmm. but I guess that's the case. What and, was your impression of him? Um, you know, honestly, like I, my gut reaction, I'm not gonna lie, mm-hmm. was to be like. When I saw somebody on Reddit point out the whole, like, it seems like an anti-abortion angle, mm-hmm. and he was a, a Republican politician, yeah. my immediate reaction to that is like, oh, that stinks. You're mm-hmm. right. Yeah. And then I go, but then I go like, well, wait, maybe that's not fair. You know, like, Right. That like, doesn't mean that it's not necessarily true. Exactly. Right. Like, people are more complicated than that, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there could be any a multitude of reasons why he believes the thing he's, he believes or does the things he does what what the hell do i know mm-hmm. so ultimately i ended up just being like i don't know this dude I, I i know that people can be opportunistic about having a haunted house or something like that yeah um but i i don't think i care about that mm-hmm. i think i'm more amused by it than anything to be like oh yeah oh there's bobby cranmer with his haunted house that he's gonna try to rent rooms out of right sure is a problem to have that or what, yeah. like it's just like it just feels opportunistic but at the end of the day what the hell do i care well yeah you don't have to care but just like i was wondering what you thought of him whether he seemed like somebody who had like his head on straight or was being opportunistic and was a little out there or something like that and Um, who knows we don't know him but just curious right i mean he's one of the talking heads on paranormal witness and he seemed you know visually together enough Mm -hmm. i I don't know Mm -hmm. i don't know i don't feel like i i really have have an opinion of him yeah um i i just feel like you know i don't know i I always i always feel like this stuff is made up yeah, and, I know. And yeah. I don't know. It, it, I can see how there can be angles here, both yeah. monetarily and politically. Yeah. So I don't know. Totally. <laughs> yeah. It's quite a tale. It really is. It's it's interesting, and I always I always like hearing stories like this, mm-hmm. if if for no other reason than um, that it's it's just interesting that they pop up as frequently as they do. You know, we've talked about how. Um, how even um, like uh, the zeitgeist of the time can influence people to want to say that their house is haunted or mm-hmm. something like that. That like, you know, in the seventies we had a lot of movies that were about the devil, right? And um, you know, there being demons in your house or whatever. But this story starts in nineteen eighty-eight, right? You know, and that's not really mm-hmm. like by this point we were already it's not prime time for that. It's not, it's prime not like time the Exorcist for that. had just come out. We're already into parody of that right. timeline like ghostbusters had been out for four years at that point mm-hmm. you know like so it's not like it was s- super in vogue at the time to say that there's a demon named moloch that is haunting you and your family true but it's like it's forever intriguing and i guess that's true yeah. and if you're i mean i don't know but maybe if he's super religious like that is part of that world like an understanding e- even light but just like and understanding and somewhat belief in like the devil or demons and things like that. So depending on, you know, what his deal is, maybe that's something that he has in his awareness yeah. on a semi-regular basis. Who knows? Who knows? The one thing I think I would really want to know more about, because I don't know, mm-hmm. he said when he ripped out the wall of that closet, he found a bird skeleton and a piece of paper with Moloch drawn on it. Yeah. yeah. Show me the paper. Yes. Show me the paper and show me how it's not something you could have made in 1988. Right. You know, I want to see that piece of paper. Did you try to look for it? I, I didn't think of it until just now. Okay. Because uh, I just was like, I was just treating this like a story. Yeah, totally. You know, but now that I think about it, that is a, 
a big there's no evidence of these things like right. if you want to be a cynic if you want to be a skeptic it is very convenient that the way you experience a haunting results in no evidence mm-hmm, you right. know um and i'm not saying that means that they're not true but no, it but probably it, means they're not true and i totally he said he found yeah. a piece of paper with moloch on it right <laughs> so <laughs> Where's the paper? Uh, at a quick search of Demon Brownsville Moloch paper, I'm not coming up with anything. But again, that doesn't mean that that isn't out there. I'm not sure. I'm very curious about that. I would like to find that. I would think if you, I don't know, to call out something that's like a physical and viewable item and not uh-huh. produce it is weird. So I would think that maybe it's in his book or something. If he says that he had to destroy it. Okay. I won't believe him, mm-hmm. and I'm going to say that this Probably. is a scheme. Yeah. If he has it, mm-hmm. if it doesn't look real as hell, I'm going to say it's all a scheme. I mean, what would even make it look real? I don't know. Yeah. That's on him. Yeah. He's got the burden to- <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying, what yeah. to you would be like, uh-huh, okay, well, that, now I'm listening. That also boils down to, like, I'm not sure that I can ever step out of my skeptic shoes. Yeah. If you show me a photograph of a ghost- mm-hmm. No matter what, yeah. in my head, I'm going to go, you could Photoshop that. Yeah. There, we're officially at a point in time mm-hmm, where, where can things can ev- be created anything. so authentically. I will never believe in ghosts unless a ghost appears to me. Yeah. That is the only way I will ever believe. Yeah, totally. As unfortunate as that is, because I would love to get lost in this. Mm-hmm. And really uh, uh, get this overwhelming sense that it's all true. Yeah. I used to feel that way when I was a kid. That mm-hmm. sort of sense of like, what if? And it was spooky and it was fun. Yeah. And I can't have that fun anymore because I'm too cynical. Mm-hmm. And because I know, I, I feel like I could make a ghost photo. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You definitely could. And it's just yeah. like, yeah, I don't know. So I, it's up to it's up to Dr. Cham, Chammy or whatever his name is. <laughs> it's Dr. Chammy. Dr. Chammy? Yeah. It's up to Dr. Chammy. To show me a Moloch paper, yeah, and and for me to feel like that's and make real. it good, yeah, make it good, man. Yeah. If I I really would not be shocked if he said he had to destroy it. Yeah, that makes total sense because it never existed. Yeah, so I, I don't know. Absolutely. I don't know. I'm not going to call him a liar. I mean, um, I kind of did earlier. I know, I know, but I don't know what the laws are. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. Who the hell knows? Yeah, the laws. You can't, you can't libel people and say that they're scamming. You can't say stuff like that. You got to give people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I don't know. The people in the newspaper did. They did? They Yeah, they said that he made it up and stuff, I think. All right, then he's a liar. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> William. Dr. Chambi. <laughs> Dr. Plus, I know your name. about people call. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I wouldn't worry about the legal implications of this. I don't know. I just don't want to see, you know, another headline. Guide to the Unknown slams <laughs> Dr. Chammy. You know, I don't want to see myself on the front page of the New York Times again. Not again. Not again. And it seems like it's not going away, so yep. we may as well pitch the story to, yeah. you know, some crime drama. You know. Seems like it's not fading, so I guess we'll present our libel problems with Dr. Chammy to, you know, all rise. <laughs> I didn't want to have to, but New I... New on CBS, I believe. It's a shame I had to do this, but I signed a million dollar deal yeah to get the dr chammy story chammy v rogers it's not going away <laughs> it's coming out soon chammy v rog i'm so sorry i had to do that yeah. i'm so sorry i had to do that look if it's what they want it's what they it's want and the, it's out of my hands give the people what they want that's right so what? the other place moloch appeared mm-hmm. real quick okay moloch, oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. moloch was it was in the back of my mind somewhere it was it was it yeah. was annoying me. No, me too. I was getting an itch. What is Moloch from? What mm-hmm. is Moloch from? Moloch appeared in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, okay. And had a robot body. Okay. Oh. But that wasn't quite it. That wasn't quite it. Why is Moloch bothering me? Aha. Uh-huh. 
Aha, Sleepy Hollow, the TV show. Moloch was the original <laughs> big bad that summoned the four horsemen of the apocalypse, one of which was the Headless Horseman. Excellent. Up. Excellent. And out. All rise. Moloch. Together we rise. Together we rise move with Moloch. Together we rise, move <laughs> out, my horseman. Moloch, big there bad guy. They, t- they took care of him pretty handily, I think. <laughs> Well, you know, once Ichabod acclimated himself to 2015 culture, he was really making moves. Ooh, new reboot, Ichabod and Chammy. Ooh. Yeah. What would I, I think Ichabod would be very skeptical of Chammy. What is his name? Chamney? Chammy. Camney? Chanmer. Chanmer. Yeah. Chandler. Right? Wait, no, no, no. Cranmer. Cranmer. That's right. Because Cranberry and Mermaid. Yes. Our mnemonic from the beginning of the episode. Cranberry and murder. Cran- Ooh, cranberry and murder. Mm-hmm. I'll uh, I'll have my murder with a set of cranberries. <laughs> That's my Thanksgiving-based true crime show. Yeah. Well, I'll be watching. <laughs> All right. And I hope you guys will be as well. Thank you for listening and watching this week. You can find us everywhere on social media at GTTUPod. Please leave a review for the show, a five-star review if you like it. Um, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, or wherever it's easy for you, just you letting people know that you like the show is awesome, awesome, and makes them inclined to listen to it, of course. Yes, you can also go to podchaser.com slash pod, where you can not only review the show, you can even review individual episodes. And you can follow us individually as creators to follow our journey mm-hmm. through doing podcasts, which is very fun. Yeah. It's a fun way to sort of like interact with shows and creators in a way that hasn't really existed before. Right. And uh, thank you so much to people that have written reviews since last time. We got a very nice new review on Apple Podcasts. Oh, great. From ASDF Zombie saying, incredible collection of curiosities. After binging numerous paranormal and spooky podcasts, I thought I had run out of my favorite content until I came across this podcast. The chemistry is obviously incredible. They give hilarious commentary on freaky, scary, and strange stories or topics, and it reminds me that there is so much left out there in this world to learn about. Mm -hmm. I love the pop culture references as well. I'm a listener for life. How about that? That's great. Thank you so much. What Thank a you nice very review. Much. Yeah, so please uh, yeah. Uh, join the people who are saying nice things about Guide to the Unknown. It makes us feel very warm inside. Yeah, that's really great. Thank you so much. We super appreciate it. Yes, now that we're at the end of the episode as well, yep. please, we'd like to remind you that over on patreon.com slash pod, you can get bonus material by becoming a Netherworld Warrior. That is a tier starting at $4 a month, but you can edit that field, put in whatever number you would like. Yeah, and so, uh, some people have, and we appreciate it like, crazy so thank you so much a thousand percent and that also gives you access to the exclusive podcast and then the netherworld dispatch a new episode of which is out right this second Mm -hmm. so go check that out to hear our thoughts on the new movie dr sleep the sequel to the shining yep um, so thank you all so much for hanging out with us. We really hope you had a good time. If you'd like to reach out to us individually, of course, please feel free to do so. Yes, I'm at Chillin' Kristen on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at The Myth Traveler. So we will see you next week when we return to the world of mystery and make-believe. But until that time comes, we must travel. Back to the netherworld go we. Hmm? 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 Excellent. How do you feel about that? Feel great.